Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of the Jadava Show. I'm your host, Jacob Valier. Glad to have you with us on a Wednesday. Uh, got another, a third straight day of NFL football. I cannot remember the last time uh, that happened, but last night uh, we got to see the Ravens take down the Cowboys 34 to 17. I got all three of my picks right. I got, I took, da- I took uh, Baltimore minus eight, took them to win the game. And uh, I took the over on the, uh, you know, the over under uh, 44 and a half the game was. And I took the over and I got lucky with a last second touchdown by J.K. Dobbins. Uh, so I got the over, I got the cover and I got um, the win in terms of my pick. So a big night for me there. Uh, look, I could talk to you about how bad the Cowboys are. And I, I mean, it's almost getting old. Um, you know, I can talk about how impressive the, the win was for Baltimore. It wasn't very impressive. Uh, anybody can beat this type of team uh, that the Dallas Cowboys are running because guess what? No, everybody can run the football on Dallas. I have never seen a team run the ball or, or allow another offense to run the ball with such ease against them than the Dallas Cowboys. It's just, it, it's pathetic. Their coaching staff has gotten worse. Uh, their defense has gotten way worse, and uh, without Dak Prescott, they're unwatchable on offense, and with him, they're unwatchable on offense, but for only three quarters before they come completely alive in the fourth quarter. Um, this is the bigger picture for me, and I'm going to I'm gonna merge two topics here because I think it's, it's reflective of both teams in the NFC East right now um, because not only did the Cowboys – uh, lose miserably again. They've been blown out four times with Andy Dalton under center, uh, and this time on primetime television, for the second straight time on primetime television, the Cowboys got blown out. Um, but Carson Wentz yesterday, it was officially announced that Doug Peterson's going to start Jalen Hurts this week against the Saints, uh, which was something that I said that they should have done uh, a few days ago on my show. Um. And it puts Philadelphia in a very big dilemma, a very similar dilemma to what Dallas is in. You know, coming into the year, I thought it would be a chess match between the Cowboys and the Eagles for the NFC's crown. Uh, I thought, you know, those teams are experienced enough. They've been to the playoffs. Uh, Dak's been to the playoffs. Wentz and Peterson have been to the playoffs. McCarthy's won a Super Bowl. I thought those are the teams to beat in that division. Uh, one of them is going to end up going like 10-6 and six and making the playoffs. Uh, and I thought the bottom feeders of the division would be the usual suspects, Giants and Washington. Uh, it's the complete opposite. We are 13 weeks into the season, and it's the complete opposite. The New York Giants are winning the lousy NFC East, and the Washington football team are a half game behind them. Um, and I'm going to explain why the Giants and Washington are actually in a really, really good position right now. Um, unlike Dallas and Philadelphia, who I think right now are very doomed for where they are. Uh, the Giants and Washington have incredible culture builders in Joe Judge and Ron Rivera at head coach. Now, be, having a great head coach is very important to me I, because you look at through the history of the NFL, all the Super Bowl champions, they got great coaches. Joe Judge looks to be a, the real deal at coach. Ron Rivera, we knew was a real deal at coach during his nine years in Carolina, should have never been fired. Um, so there's that. The culture has changed in New York and Washington. They've got great coaches. They change the culture. They have cheap quarterbacks. 
Okay, Alex Smith has a bit of a team-friendly deal as the deal gets more into the later years of the contract, and Daniel Jones is still in his rookie deal. Uh, and they have young talent all over their defense, okay? And they each have one excellent offensive weapon. Giants have Saquon Barkley. Washington has Terry McLaurin. So they look like they are they got a nucleus for a rebuild, a, a successful rebuild. They could end up having a similar season next year to what the Dolphins are doing this year. The Dolphins are 8-4. and four. They looked completely improved after tanking last year. Washington was 3-13 and 13 last year. They look like they're on the upswing, okay? And that's a big deal for me, especially with a brand-new head coach. Meanwhile, Dallas and Philadelphia are falling apart. I mean, they're, not, they're a combined 6-17-1 on the year. And they've got a roster full of expensive and ineffective or just injured pieces right now. I looked this up. Um, the Cowboys have five guys, the Cowboys and Eagles each have five guys making at least $14 million on their annually on their roster. Dallas is Dak Prescott, Demarcus Lawrence, Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott, Zach Martin. Uh, Eagles have Wentz, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Darius Slay, and Brandon Brooks. Uh, for the Cowboys, I mean, look, Dak is the highest paid player in terms of salary in the NFL this season. He's getting paid $32 million on the franchise tag. He's about to make way more money next year. Demarcus Lawrence, who will be 29 next year, has gotten worse since his contract. The last two years, he has nine and a half sacks in 28 games. That's not good enough. Okay, And then Amari Cooper's getting old, and he's he's got competition for targets. It's not like he's the lone receiver and he's the only source of offense. Sometimes he's a, a afterthought. They gave him a five-year, $100 million contract. And Ezekiel Elliott has gotten worse as the seasons have gone on. And Zach Martin's always hurt. So those are the top five guys making money for the Cowboys right now. And Dak Prescott, with all that, is going to be a 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight quarterback whenever he's healthy. Let's make no mistake about it. When he was healthy, the Cowboys were still losing. He was just figuring out ways to make it competitive in the fourth quarter, even though they'd still lose those games. The Eagles, they got five guys making at least $14 million. One of them is their backup quarterback now, Carson Wentz. One of them's Lane Johnson. Well, he's hurt. He's getting old. Uh, Fletcher Cox getting old. Brandon Brooks. These guys are getting old. Okay, and the Philadelphia and Dallas are paying these aging veterans a lot of money to be around three and nine each. Washington has two guys making that much money. Uh, Alex Smith and Brandon Sheriff. So do the Giants. Leonard Williams and Nate Solder. See that? That's how you That's how you do it. You don't pay, you, you get a bunch of rookies in. You never overpay a running back. If I'm the Giants, I would not overpay Saquon. Because Saquon's injury prone. He's not going to be around as an elite back in four or five years. It'd be good to move on from him maybe after the next couple of seasons where we could probably see the end of his prime. Okay. Um, Washington shouldn't pay their backs. You don't pay your backs because if you do, you get cap strapped. Tennessee will face this problem one day uh, as well. And then Philadelphia, you don't pay your quarterback. In my opinion, you don't pay the quarterback too early. You pay the quarterback, but you got to see enough. Carson Wentz is the backup quarterback. He's about to make $32 million next year. His, his big contract extension that everybody talks about, Carson Wentz, hadn't even started. That hadn't even kicked in yet because he's still technically on his fifth-year option. Then he gets $32 million next year. Okay, so he's untradeable. He's uncuttable. He's about to make $32 million. He's the backup quarterback. Jalen Hurts, the starter, $1.5 million as a rookie. 
Your your starting quarterback is making thirty point five million dollars more than the backup. That that doesn't that should not happen. Now I get it. I already said Carson Wentz. He has to stare at a statue of Nick Foles every time he walks into the stadium. Okay, Nick Foles is the most beloved quarterback in the history of that franchise. And guess what? Many people thought they should have kept him over you if you're Carson Wentz. They used a second round pick on a quarterback. When Carson Wentz had just finished leading Philadelphia to possibly the most improbable playoff uh, appearance last season and division title, they went and spent a second-round pick on a quarterback. I mean, that's partially Carson Wentz because, look, Carson Wentz, career-high in picks, most in the league, third-lowest pass rating in the league, second-lowest completion percentage, second-lowest yards per attempt, second-lowest net yards per attempt, third-lowest adjusted yards per attempt, sixth-lowest QBR, and they're barely not last in their in the worst division in football. So part of it's Carson Wentz. He stinks right now. But part of it is that front office. And I respect Howie Roseman and I respect Doug Peterson. But they have failed Carson Wentz by not putting any durable pieces around him. And oh, by the way, they used a second round pick, wasted a second round pick on a quarterback. What's the point? Why would you do that? It made no sense at the time and it makes even less sense now. So Sure, yeah, put Jalen Hurts in for a game. That'll provide a little bit of a spark, but you still got to face the music. Your backup quarterback's making $32 million. You're going to have to start him or do something with him, and there's really not much you can do with him. I mean, this this is this is brutal. I, I, I've never really seen a situation like this. And then, look, the Cowboys, they're awful. They have so many needs. They have, they need, watch last night. They need a defense. Okay, they need a defense bad. They need they need corners, they need safeties, they need linebackers. Okay, and they need another edge rusher. That's a t- and they need a new defensive coordinator. On offense, they need a tight end. They need three offensive linemen. They might need a, a younger running back and other quarterbacks not under contract. <laughs> they are probably right now Dallas the most, I mean, they might be in the worst spot of any team. So this is what they should do. This is what Dallas should do. They should let Dak walk. Franchise tag him, okay, and then trade him. Get that off your conscience. You get something for Dak, and then trade out of the top five. They'll have a top five pick. Trade out of the top five. I don't even care if you let Andy Dalton play another year. You have to rebuild. Okay, this is not a situation where Dallas can literally just say, "Oh, we'll get him next year." No, they're going to end up four and twelve or three and thirteen this season. It's going to be bad. They're going to have a top five pick. They don't. The guys projected to go in the top five are not projected, you know, to fit Dallas's needs: quarterback, wide receiver, and you need picks. Okay, Dallas needs picks because they need cheap labor for the next few years. Because they're paying a lot of guys. They need to they need to trade at least one piece. It might be Dak. If it's not Dak, I think you need to trade one of your receivers, Gallup, and then one of your defensive stars, Demarcus Lawrence or Jalen Smith. It, two those two of those guys need to be gone next year. And because think about it, if you draft a quarterback, if you're Dallas, then you don't have to pay Dak thirty five million dollars. Okay. You get a the cheapest quarterback in the league now as a first-round rookie, and you don't have to pay him for three or four more years. 
It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And you can rebuild. This is a team that needs to rebuild. Do it with a rookie quarterback. Get get rid of a couple of big pieces. Draft a rookie quarterback. Then you're not going to be good for a year. Then you can start building. This is what a good team would do. But Jerry Jones is almost 80 years old. He doesn't want to wait around too much longer, okay? He doesn't have much life to live anymore. He wants to win a Super Bowl ASAP, and he thinks that he can do that by getting as many pieces together as he possibly can, and it's not working. They wasted a first-round pick on C.D. Lamb. I don't care what you say. C.D. Lamb is uh, hes good, but is he special? Is he a game-changer? Is he going to be someone that helps you win a Super Bowl? No. You could have used a first-round pick on, like, a corner or a safety. Something, something that would have helped this season. They didn't. C.D. Lamb's not really helping this season. Okay, they're 3-9. and nine. They have a bottom seven or eight offense in the NFL. And they got Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. And they got Gallup. Okay, and they got Zeke. And so they started the year with one of the best O-lines in the league. Didn't work. It stinks. But the NFC East, props to the Giants in Washington, because if it weren't for them, this division would be all-time bad. All-time bad. What, what if Seattle and Pittsburgh just held on to win both of those games? You would have seen the division leader at week 13 have four wins. It's amazing how that's even possible. Dallas and Philly, though, they are in as big a predict- predicament as I've ever seen. I mean, this the, they the Cowboys, and this is hard to do with Jerry Jones, they're on the verge of being almost irrelevant. Irrelevant. It's never, I've never been able to say that about the Cowboys. I just don't get excited to watch them anymore. I used to get excited to watch them because I hope they lose. Now I know they'll lose. It's not exciting anymore. They're irrelevant. They're not good. They're not flashy. They're not anything. They're just, they're, they're there. And they might be like that for five or six more years. I mean, that front office has set them back. And Philadelphia has done the exact same thing with the Carson Wentz contract and just failing to load up offensive personnel around them instead backing a, a, a drafting a backup quarterback. Makes no sense, but. Here we are. All right, so uh, I'm going down to Lynchburg. I will be leaving my microphone up here. I am not planning on doing a uh, show because my girlfriend is buying a dog, or she's already bought a dog. She's going to get it tomorrow, and I'm going to go visit and uh, help uh, just sort of raise it for a little bit uh, for this weekend. So I will be out of town, so there will be no show the rest of the week. Uh, I usually do my picks on Friday, so I'm going to do them now with the exception of uh, a couple of games that y- have yet to have betting lines on them. Uh, lines uh, obviously are always, as always, are uh, provided by Yahoo Sports. I like the lines this week, so I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to go dive right in. So here we go. First and foremost, Washington at San Francisco. That has no line quite yet, but I would take, I think if San Francisco is favored at all, I would take Washington. Uh, they're playing really good football. They're hot. They have three game, three straight wins, and they just beat the Steelers. Rest my case. All right, uh, Thursday night football, Patriots, Rams. It's the Rams minus five. So I am going to take the Patriots plus five here. Look, New England just blitzed the Chargers 45 nothing in that same stadium, and Bill Belichick knows what's on the line here as the playoffs come to – I mean, the Patriots are somehow playing for a playoff spot. They got a lot more on the line than the Rams, even though the Rams are really playing for a division title this year. I mean, they, they need to 
the Rams need to put together a good, solid offensive game plan if they want to keep New England from making this thing close because Cam Newton can really run the ball, and Belichick's team is willing its way to play really well, de- really great defense the last few weeks. I like the Patriots plus five here because I think they're just a matchup nightmare for the Rams. Jared Goff struggles really mightily against Belichick coach teams, but also uh, just, you know, Good defenses in general. All right. Uh, Texans, Bears. Uh, I love the Texans at minus one and a half here. The line, will, These lines will probably change, by the way, uh, because it's it's only uh, Tuesday. Um, or it's only Wednesday, excuse me. Uh, but the Bears and the Texans, minus one and a half. Um, yeah, I love the Houston Texans here. First of all, way better offense. I think their coaching staff has more confidence in Houston. And Chicago's lost, lost six in a row. They have no answer right now. Okay, they... They don't know what they don't know who their quarterback is. Whoever it is is awful. Their coaching staff seems overmatched. They've like very, very overrated defense in their offensive line and running game kind of stinks. I like Houston and that one on the road. All right, Chiefs Dolphins. Love, 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 love the Dolphins at plus seven here. Look, Kansas City, we we love Kansas City. They are not really blowing anybody out. I mean, they they've had some nice games. And Patrick Mahomes is like the MVP of the National Football League, but their last four games, they've won by two, four, three, and and six points. They have not beaten a team by more than one score in each of their last four weeks. Uh, Miami's a very formidable foe, and it will be in Miami. Chiefs will win the game. I have no doubt about that, but I do trust Miami will make a game out of it, so I like the Dolphins at plus seven uh, in that matchup. No line on the Cowboys-Bengals. Cardinals-Giants. Love the Cardinals at minus two and a half here. Look, I don't know. I, I, I'm i one of the few people in America right now that still believes that the Giants are a bit of a mirage. Um, if Daniel Jones plays, actually, you know what? It doesn't matter. I think Daniel Jones is a turnover mess and Colt McCoy is a thoroughly average backup quarterback who happened to luck himself into a win. It's, I think they're just a little bit overrated. And this might be the Homer Washington fan in me coming out, but the Cardinals are a bit pissed off. They've lost four of their last five games. They have the better offense. Arizona's pass defense is atrocious. Okay, don't get, don't get me wrong on that, but they will make the. I mean, they got to win something. They're they're just the better team. I think they're got more to play for with a wild card team uh, spot on the line. I know the Giants have a lot to play for, but Arizona's desperate. They've lost four or five. I like the Giant. I have the Cardinals minus two and a half here. All right, uh, Vikings Buccaneers. I'm going to take the Vikings plus six and a half at Tampa. Uh, look, I mean. Are we really that inspired by Tampa Bay? I mean, they're people forget because they were just on a bye week. They've lost three of their last four games. Okay, and they're not really finding. I mean, they they've scored over thirty just once in the past five weeks. Everyone talks about how juggernaut of an offense they are. Minnesota can really run the ball, and Kirk Cousins has morphed into one of the most efficient passers in the NFL, posing running running. Uh, excuse me, quarterbacks uh, against. The Buccaneers this year completing nearly 70% of their passes with a 95 passer rating, 23 touchdowns, 7.3 yards per attempt. That is right up Kirk Cousins' alley. They'll make it a competitive game. I don't know who will win, but I think the Vikings will make it close, and I like the points there. Tennessee and Jacksonville. Uh, this is tough because the Jaguars, is there a term they're the best 1-11 team I've ever seen? They just figure out ways to be competitive in like every game they've played. I don't know. I, this is going to be a tough one because Jacksonville is – let me get back to this one because the number on this one is very interesting. It's the Titans minus seven. Give me a second on this one. All right, Colts, Raiders. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts minus two and a half. The Raiders, 
lost, got blitzed out of the ballpark by Atlanta and then barely beat the winless Jets. Don't have any faith in them anymore. And the Colts, say what you want about them, but they're playing really good football, especially on defense. Uh, I like Indianapolis minus two and a half. Enough said there. All right, Jets, Seahawks. All right, pretty easy. Seahawks minus 13. Jets are 0 and 12. They just fired their defensive coordinator. Their head coach will be gone at the end of the year, and they're going to go 0 and 16. So the Seahawks will win this game. I think they'll blow them out. And they're pissed off after losing a game to the Giants last week. All right, Packers, Lions. Packers minus seven and a half is the play here. Green Bay has been blowing out teams, including Detroit this season. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is making it look too easy. 36 touchdowns, four picks. Uh, completion percentage is top five in the league and passer rating is highest in the NFL. And the Packers are starting to put put together some really impressive uh, games on defense. Yeah, I like the Packers with the points there. All right, Saints-Eagles. Saints minus seven is the play. I think they'll blow them out. Uh, this number might change uh, because of Jalen Hurts, but, I mean, this this is a Philadelphia team that is broken on offense. They're committing a lot of turnovers in New Orleans. Doesn't matter who's in, who's in a quarterback. They figure out ways to win with Sean Payton because it doesn't matter. If it's Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, they find ways to win because guess what? Sean Payton's the best offensive coach in the NFL. So there's that. All right, Falcons, Chargers. Um, yeah. This is a tough one because it's Atlanta minus two and a half is the uh, betting line right now, but I'm going to take a, this is a gutsy pick taking the chargers plus two and a half. They're going to be, I mean, they just got outclassed at their home stadium, 45, nothing by new England. They get a much easier opponent here. Justin Herbert's the rookie of the year, in my opinion. And uh, this should be, this should be a nice bounce back game for them uh, because the chargers, I think are just too talented on offense and the Falcons. I mean, they, they can't score touchdowns. They're relying too much on Young Way Koo to kick them big-time 50-yard field goals. So I like the Chargers in this one because I think they're the more explosive offense. But this is a battle of two really unlucky teams. So anything can happen. Uh, Steelers-Bills has no line on it yet. We'll get to that probably uh, later. I might have to just not call it. And then next Monday night, Ravens-Browns, no line on that game either. Let me go back to this Titans-Jaguars game because this is – I mean, I'm interested in this. Listen to these uh, games – by Jacksonville. This is four of their last five games. They lost by two to Houston, lost by four to Green Bay, covered both times, lost by two to Cleveland, they covered, and lost by three to Minnesota, they covered. I mean, they're, they're keeping things close, and four of their last five games, they've lost all of them, but they have kept it close. Might be the best 1-11 team. They've beaten Indianapolis this season. They kept it close against Tennessee, reasonably close with Cincinnati. I don't know what it is with this uh, Titans. I mean, with this Jaguars team. So, I, by golly, I'm doing it. I'm taking the Jaguars plus seven. Think the Titans will win, but I think the Jags will keep it close because they've been keeping it close all year. I might look like a fool on that pick, but I'm taking the Jags plus seven at home because uh, they kept it close at Tennessee earlier in the year. So they're now they're now they're at home, and Mike Glennon has been playing actually good, competent football for the Jaguars this season. Um, so that is my thought on that. Um, I hope you all have a great rest of your week and a great weekend. Great slate of week 14 games. Thursday night football tomorrow night. Uh, New England Patriots at LA Rams. Uh, obviously, all the bets brought to you by Yahoo Sports betting app. Um, whether you've been listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other pla- podcast platform, anchor.com, uh, it is great to have you with us on a Wednesday. Have a great rest of your week and a great weekend. We will see you Monday. I'm your host, Jacob Valier, and as always, you've been listening to Jadava. Take care.